Welcome everybody to the Creators Forum. I am super stoked to have Dot Lung with me today. Uh, she is the mother of social dragons and the breaker of algorithms. She's worked with uh, companies like Mixed Tiles and Wix, and now one of the largest med tech companies in the world. And uh, I am very much looking forward to this conversation. I think there's going to be a lot of knowledge bombs being dropped, especially on me. And um, and let's let's hop right in. Um, I've I've been following you a little bit for uh, in a little for a little while on social, and I've noticed that you you travel. You are quite the quite the traveler. I mean, obviously, uh, during this this time frame, it's a little bit rough. But what's it like to uh, to kind of travel the world freely? We were talking that you're from the states, but it's kind of you've been traveling for a while. So what what's that like? What 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 put it into your mind to start kind of spreading your wings and flying? Yeah, I do have a hashtag you can follow, hashtag travel with dot. Um, I kind of started this when I moved from LA to Barcelona 10 years ago to basically pursue my dreams of living abroad. I had been in LA for 25 years, was just kind of tired of it and um, did everything and met everyone that I wanted to, to meet. And I just wanted to travel and Traveling was something that gave me so much life and creativity. And I was always just in love with the feeling of being foreign. I think I lived off of this. I, I like, it's something that I really enjoy because it puts me outside my comfort zone. And that's what keeps my life's so interesting. <laughs> I guess I was trying to entertain myself, uh, to be honest. And um, yeah, I just got like the travel bug and have been to working and traveling in 30 different countries around the world. And wow. finally met the love of my life and moved to Israel this year. Never thought I would ever, ever be here. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yeah, this is this is quite a place to live. Um you, you were talking about like breaking out of your comfort zone. You know, that's something that the vast majority of people uh, really don't want to do. Or maybe they say they want to do it, but like in actions, it doesn't really get there. Um, and this kind of leads to my next question. How has breaking out of your comfort zone and potentially travel and maybe the, the combination between it all helped you um, with building your social following? My social following, I don't know if it's like really related, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, I think I, I think when I started, you know, posting on social media and building my personal brand, it was really because I wanted to share with the world that what the possibilities are and to open, uh, you know, open your mind and work from anywhere in the world. And this was 10 years ago. Now everyone's working from home, but um, 10 years ago, you know, in 2010, um, I was supposed to get a corporate job and work nine to five and, you know, do that, do the whole um, corporate life thing. And I just, I got my first corporate job and got fired in the first nine months. Sweet. And yeah. Yeah, that was, you know, a blessing in disguise because it enabled me to just really 
be like, oh shit, what do I do now? And like figure, you know, force me to figure out what I really wanted to do with my life early on. Um, I just, you know, I never wanted to be like, you know, in my forties and having a midlife crisis being like, oh shit, I never traveled the world. I never saw anything. I never met anybody, you know? And thankfully, like I made sure that that didn't happen. And I just lived out my life out loud in what I thought was my dream life. So as soon as I, you know, hit the ground running in Barcelona, I was like, this is, I am living my dream. Like I've always wanted to um, travel and, and live abroad. And I just, honestly, I posted things that I wasn't like thinking about growing a social following. I was just posting what I was doing and posting my friends and, and my life. What, um, I, what I've noticed, what I've noticed about, you know, especially individuals who they do travel a lot. Um, there's, there's a certain like living vicariously through them. Like I, I used to follow Casey Neistat, you know, on his YouTube channel, like all the time, like I couldn't wait for the next episode because it was so unpredictable. And in many ways it was like, look, I'm not even necessarily interested per se of like living that type of life, but I am very interested in seeing the world. And it's like, you are giving uh, people the eyes to see the world. And that becomes very interesting. And especially when they're connected with your personality and I know you have eat with dot and, you know, travel with dot and work with dot. I mean, I, I thought that, you know, number the branding is fantastic, but number two is like, it, it really kind of brings the audience in to, to a, a well-rounded person in many different levels. And I think that, um, you know, that's kind of what, where my question was, was sourced was, I feel like the the fact that you're traveling and working in, in many different areas is very intriguing to people. And I wanted to know, but you know, you, you basically said it, it maybe not, it's maybe isn't so connected, but uh, I feel in many ways it kind of helps, you know, geo hashtags and whatever um, helps build a, a person, a, a personal brand, but maybe it's beyond that. It was, well, like you said, it was because of traveling that I was able to meet amazing people such as Casey Neistat in Barcelona. I was hosting him when he was speaking at the off festival. So I took him, you know, around um, Barceloneta. I took him to go have tapas and pinchos. Well, how did you get connected to that? How did you make that connection? because I was actually doing social media for a design festival that he was speaking at. And so my being the social media manager for all of these different festivals got me access to, you know, all these different musicians and artists and just amazing people. And that's why I love my job. And that's why I love doing what I did, but I really created this job. Like in 2011 there, I didn't even know social media manager was a real job title. And so I was just like, you know what, I want to, this is what I want to do um, and get paid to do is do Instagram and travel the world and go to different music festivals and go to different conferences and share it and share it on my Instagram and share it for the corporate Instagram because I loved, I loved meeting new people. I loved learning new things. So I was so thirsty to just travel the world and go to different design conferences and on hear their what, 
<laughs> on the company. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, That's which hacking, was hacking an algorithm right there. <laughs> that that absolutely, I completely. That's the life algorithm. <laughs> you're you're hacking life algorithms, so, not just not just social. Yeah. That's why I was just I was I like I told you I've just been cruising and like doing all of the things that I've had on my bucket list and nothing stopping me from crossing everything that I wanted to do with my life off. Um, and that's thanks to, you know, having the courage to constant, to put myself outside my comfort zone and be comfortable, uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's what, it, what it takes. Um, I, I don't stay wonderful. in five star hotels I all the time. You know? Yeah, no, that, that is one of the most difficult things is to be comfortable in the, un, the discomfort. Um, that's a very profound, you know, statement. And I think that that's where m most of the most successful people are. It's not that that other people couldn't do it. It's just it takes so much inner strength to persevere um, in times of doubt, in times of uncertainty. I mean, like when it comes to like traveling, I, I'm the type of person who kind of likes to know, like, where am I going? What's going to happen along the way? You know, I want to make sure like, you know, I'm kind of like overthinking all everything. Whereas a person who kind of travels the world is just like, you feel comfortable to just like, let things happen. It's going to be all right. We're going to figure it out. It's all good. And, and that personality, I think, um, contributes towards, towards success in many levels, whereas people are not willing to kind of go past that that point yeah i think overthinking is possible possibly detrimental to really experiencing life um that's true um don't overthink it right i i literally booked a one-way flight and like think thankfully for my naivety my naiveness, like, I, yeah, I was just like, okay, I'm going to figure it out and book the one-way flight. Didn't have a place to live or uh, I didn't know what, honestly, it's like psycho what I did, right? Sometimes you have to just be crazy and do it. And then you figure it out if you that, want it that's, bad enough. That's the key towards, towards, uh, being a successful creator. You know, this is the creator, the creator's forum. You, you have to be working on another wavelength. You know, there has to be things that e even though like, you know, my situation, you know, I, I kind of like knowing what's going on. Uh, I run my own business. I'm doing my own thing. You know, I have a wife, I have kids. It is not easy on a day to day. You know, you don't know where your next gig is going to come from. It's not like, you know, we're at a stage where we have an infinite amount of leads and everybody just wants to pay your top dollar. There, there needs to be a little bit of like, I don't think it's crazy. I just think it's that uh, it's not what society programs you for. And so how, how has that, I guess, um, notch that you're working on, that wavelength that you're working on contributed towards your creative? Because I've seen you work in the world of creative, at, at least in, in design, um, is, you know, I'm not 100% aware of everything that you do. Like, how how does creative contribute towards your pre professional life? What what are you mostly involved with, say, for these companies that you're working with right now? My job is to connect the dots. And oh, what a name! 
and, and figure out how to express your brand personality online and get you visibility, get you seen and, and build relationships uh, with your audience. So I started out as a community manager, right? I was basically taking care of people, making sure people had, um, you know, they, they liked the content, making sure they're taken care of. I was the voice and personality for so many brands around the world. Like I was literally the one that was like, you know, behind the Twitter account and behind the Instagram and like commenting back. And I still do. I, all, everything on my personal accounts, like I personally respond to everything and was, and, and having this experience, right. I feel like I've, I've now been doing this for professionally for eight years, like creating different brand voices and, and creating content and, and connecting the dots for how all of the social media stuff is going to work for a brand. Um, it's really like second nature to me. It's, it's a walk in the park, I guess. So, um, uh, so then, you know, let's, let's get to the second nature. Cause, uh, I asked Jonathan Kahn a couple of weeks ago about his, uh, kind of creative process. And he said something similar. He's like, I mean, it took me like, it's, it's natural to me, but he's like, it took me thinking back, like, well, what have I been doing to kind of systematize his process? And I know you talk about kind of the dragon formula. Um, I don't know if it's shifted or you're all in on it still or whatever, but I'm all um, in, baby. I am so all in. Yeah. So the reason could... why, I had... yeah, sure. The reason why I had to come up with this dragon formula thing is because I was getting asked to teach what I was doing to university students and to companies and do corporate trainings and, you know, educate people that aren't familiar with social media, how to think about content and how to create content. And so I literally, it took me this formula called the dragon's formula literally took me seven years in the making to, you know, put out every, like put down what everything I was practicing into, you know, a uh, understandable format. Mm -hmm. And what I realized that I had been doing and creating and, you know, all the dots that I was connecting were six elements of the dragon. And the, and the six elements um, is D-R-A-G-O-N. So it's an acronym for combining dialogue with relatability, having authenticity, giving your opinion, sharing your beliefs, and then N is for niche. So you have to know all of these six elements so that you can really generate the seventh element, which is the dragon's formula with an apostrophe S because mm. the seventh element is what everybody wants, which is scaling your sales, right? Yeah. If you are able to master the first six elements, it is a built-in funnel for anything that you want to sell, pitch, um, convert that that's where the magic happens right but you need to actually figure out what how to utilize the first six elements and the d is all about knowing the conversation making sure that you are in the position of like the expert or um 
knowing the exactly where the conversation um, is going and building the conversation because the more dialogue that you're able to have with your audience, the more probability it will, you know, go down, you know, it'll build that relationship and convert yeah. into a sale yeah, or I just, you know, good community building. Like you need to have conversations. You need to have as much dialogue as possible. I mean, well, that, that gets to, to the algorithm because I've, I've heard a lot of people talk about you got to do this, you got to do that. But it seems the, the common denominator of an algorithm is basically getting people engaged in your content and whatever you're putting out, whatever you're doing, they need to be engaged in it. And the best way to engage somebody is by that dialogue, is by let's get it back and forth. Let's start moving forward. I mean, but once again, you know, uh, I've been listening a lot to uh, to Russell Brunson from the ClickFunnels fame, and he kind of put it in a very simple way of the whole entire sales process, as he, especially for digital media. He's like, all we're doing is a digital version of the ancient method of sales. You meet somebody, you want to sell to them, you have a product, you have to talk to them, you have to engage with them. Hi, how are you? How are you? What are you interested in? What would you like to buy? Where are you from? Let's let's kind of figure out like who you are and then we can best service you. And all you're doing in the world of this digital social media is you're just recreating that, but potentially on a mass scale, which I think that's the most difficult part of it is to create um, a dialogue with individuals, but they all feel that you're talking to them without you um, actually directly talking to them. Or sometimes you do. Well, thank God for chatbots. <laughs> chatbots, you you've ro roboticized yourself. Interesting. Yeah, that's the, that's the future of conversation marketing. It's all with chatbots, so you can recreate individual conversation and personalized conversation with the magic of chatbots. <laughs> yeah, I used to have this email called like roboto dot at gmail.com because I was like, oh, dot could be a bot. By the and way, I, that's how I felt what I was doing was I was just like talking to everyone. Like that's what I was doing manually before, but now you can actually automate it. Well, I'm sure that there's certain things that you always get similar questions or especially when you're talking about like in like a brand, you know, when's the new, I don't know, when are the new shoes coming out? And and can you get it in this color? And I'm, I'm sure a lot yeah. of those things are um, kind of like customer service type situations. But then, you know, there's people who, who do want to build a, a personal relationship with the brand as well. Um, and mm -hmm. I guess there, there's manual overrides for those types of things. I guess in the, in the chatbot world, there, you know, what does it pop up? You know, here's something that I need to kind of dive in myself versus yeah, uh, just letting it go. Yeah, it's everything. Um... Everything has a, a systematic answer to one of the choices. And if there is no choice, you can have a real customer representative answer. Mm -hmm. All right. Now I want to go to the, to, to the next level, the, the relatability. Mm -hmm. um, how, how, does, how does one do that when they're, they're traveling the world and, and living their best life while another individual uh, maybe is sitting at their, in their garage? You know, just kind of doing well, that thing. Relatability is just putting yourself in someone else's shoes, right? It's like understanding other people, understanding who's looking at who you're having a conversation with and being empathetic to them. 
And yeah, I, I do know that, you know, maybe not everyone can be traveling, especially not right now. And, um, you know, traveling is quite a luxury. I'm not a person that's like trying to rub it in anyone's face. That's not what I was trying no, to you, relate to them. You don't, you don't give off that vibe. Other people might, but, <laughs> but, but you definitely don't. I think the, when I started like hashtag travel with dot is just to, you know, share with people that, yeah, I was also hella depressed and I hated my life. And, you know, I was able to get myself out of there and like do what I really want to do because I did have like, you know, I, before the reason why I'm like up here, like mentally and, um, you know, with my happiness is like so high right now is because I was like really down. Like, you, you know, you don't get this high without having feeling that low. Mm -hmm. um, so I can relate to a lot of people that are maybe stuck in a rut and they can't get themselves out of a situation and like it, you know, everything is just piling on to them and like um, their world, you know, their world is ending. And, and I was like, definitely freaking right down there you know, I definitely was down there and, and being relatable is just having empathy and, and, and being a people person and understanding that not everyone is, um, you know, everyone's on their own journey. I think, yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, everybody has, has their issues. Some people speak about them more often than others. Um, I know Tony Robbins, you know, used to, used to talk about how he grew up, you know, cause if you see him right now, I mean, he's, he's like the embodiment of like a rock star, you know, he's got worth hundreds of millions of dollars and he owns an Island in Fiji and travels the world and he can do whatever he wants. And, you know, at the age of, when he was in his thirties already, early thirties, late twenties, he was, you know, working with presidents of, of countries, you know, and you, you look at him and there are some people who get super jealous and they're like, this guy's just rubbing it in my face and whatever, but he makes you um, recognize that like, he's like, but do you know, like I grew up poor and you know, his mother was like on drugs or an alcoholic and, and literally he was at the bottom. And the only reason like, like what you had to do was I got to get out of my situation and either I crumble under this or I figure it out. So, uh, you know, by, by getting that relatability of being human um, I think is super important. And maybe I'll ask you this. There's a lot of people who tend to focus a lot on their emotions on social, you know, they'll kind of like be an open, open book. And I've, I respect it. I'm a guy who's been in therapy for a bunch of years, you know, myself, and I get it. <laughs> I get it. But I think that there are certain things that, that can and should be shared while others keep it with your close friends because I feel that the public, we don't, we need to know you're human. We don't need to know that you're completely broken, you know, or, you know, how, how would you, how would you balance that? Cause then you have the other side of it, which is there's nothing wrong with my life. Look at all my cars. I got all these hot girls or got hot guys. I travel. I, you know, I live in beautiful mansions. Where, where's that balance? Is there a balance? Should there be a balance or is it really open to the individual and kind of just do whatever you do? That's a great question. And I definitely have, have seen the same <laughs> what's going on on the social networks. 
And honestly, you're able to use the social networks however you want. So if you want to have make people perceive that you have the perfect life and you have all these cars and all these hot girls and five private jets and and you know you really live in a shithole, like good for you. You do whatever you what like you use the tools however makes you feel good. So some people feel good by telling their all their dirty laundry on there and that's their therapy because they can't afford to go you know maybe to therapy so they use uh, blogging or writing facebook posts as the therapy and that's okay everyone is there's no wrong or right we're all human and you use the tool however you want as a from a professional standpoint if you're trying to brand yourself professionally i think there should be you know uh, some thought that goes behind everything you put out there, right? So this is how you can uh, craft and create your public perception. And that's why personal branding is so powerful because you can create an illusion if that's what you want, or you can just be completely authentic and transparent. And that's also your personal well, brand. Yeah, I so mean, I was, yeah. A creator. I mean, I was, I was thinking about that because, you know, for people who are it's a, a completely open book and I'm like, let's say I'm a company and I am looking to hire somebody. Am I going to hire somebody who just seems like super down or they're just looking for a pat on the back all day? Or am I going to hire for some, hire somebody who they're, they're confident? I might not hire the cockiest person in the world, but uh, you know, they're confident. They know who they are. They seem balanced. They seem like somebody who's going to you know, get the work done. It's going to be what do, done well. It's going to be enjoyable experience, you know? And so when you're talking about like, there's who you are as an individual, and I like how you separated it. It's like, you have your professional brand, which I mean, right now, there's no such thing. If a person who posts online, unless you make it, you know, secret, you know, and nobody else can, can see it, like you're only your friends and family or whatever directly, every single thing that you post online is part of your personal brand. It, do, it doesn't matter. And, yeah. um, and my, my father was telling me uh, a while ago, um, talking about, you know, like, what's the difference between a person who sells, let's say a house worth like a hundred grand, hundred thousand dollars, and a person who sells a house that's worth $10 million. He's like, the, the difference in the sales tax tactics and what you have to do are not really that different. The difference really is the brand. If a person shows up, they can use the same tactics in the same way and whatever, but they, they show up and they got stains on their shirts and they're driving a broken down car that the tailpipe is, is uh, falling off and they want to sell $10 million home. They're like, I mean, listen, dude, I'm not going to work with you. Whereas another person, they're good, they're solid. But they show up and they have a nice car and they're they're dressed really nice and they look really neat and they speak very eloquently. The the odds of that sale going through are much more. And I think that goes back to what we were talking about relatability, is that the person who wants to buy probably feels much more relatable to another person who seems that they're of stature than a person who maybe isn't. So would you say that it's um, that a person should kind of mirror their market a little bit? or mirror what their yes. market wants? That is a strategy to develop uh, rapport, yes. 
That's actually exactly what Dale Carnegie says to do, how to win friends and influence people. Got to read that you book. You should. Yeah. Yeah, you should. Um, they have like the cliff notes on I after, Even better. I <laughs> yeah. You only need the cliff notes version. But yeah, that's the, one of the tactics is to, um, when you are in a sales conversation, yes, you should definitely mimic, um, you know, the person you are speaking with so that they feel uh, more comfortable. Mm-hmm right? Yeah. They're actually mirror neurons, like in the human cells that, you know, will allow you to, you know, feel more aligned with someone. Um, if you're, if you have the same accent as someone, if you have the same body language as someone, um, if you have the same, you know, whenever you're trying to build rapport with someone, it's best to find as many things as you can, um, that you have in common. And that's what relatability is. And that's what being personable and relatable is, is understanding someone else. Yeah. And having empathy. Um, but really, like, I, I like how you brought up the um, emotional part, like how you're saying, like, oh, people, um, you know, use this as the tactic almost. And it is, a, it is a strategy because when you're creating relatable content, the reason why people post all of these sob stories or like, you know, emotional types of content to get more attention because it does get them attention because they're using storytelling. And that is actually what I teach is how to use storytelling to get more visibility and attention because storytelling is an ancient art form, right? From the caveman yeah. days. Yeah. And this is how you can create emotion and be relatable as well. Um, so that's probably, you know, why people make these long, um, drum, dramatic posts because it they get it works better in the algorithm, and so, it is relatable too because a bunch of people are you know in a in a tough place and uh, you know they're like wow they get me they totally get me you know all right the next the next step was if I get it right was authenticity which is basically what we're, what we're talking about um, how much is that true because as as our as our conversation is developing uh we're talking about creating a persona and there are certain people who their stage persona is not who they are in real life you know um i i very much feel you know there's a lot of people politicians and celebrities who kind of come out there in in one way but then when you're sitting in a room with them it's much more mellow and it's much more relaxed um, or, or vice versa, you know, whatever it is. Like they create this personality, this persona uh, where that doesn't necessarily seem authentic, but it, it sells what they, they need to sell. So like, you know, uh, we were talking about how far authenticity should, should go, but I, I'd like to kind of dive a little deeper into that is that if you're, if you're crafting a brand, you know, what would you, what would you, um, tell this brand to do or an individual, because it's like, sometimes it's like too much, too little. How do you get that balance? Well, first of all, your vibe attracts your tribe. Okay. And if you are sleazy and gross, you're probably going to attract sleazy and gross people to your Instagram. Like, you know, you're flaunting your Rolex, your Porsche, whatever it is, you're going to attract people that are attracted to people that are flashy with that stuff. I don't know if that's genuine. Maybe it is. 
good for you, you know, but like, like knows like, so certainly you will attract the right audience, right? Um, if you are awesome and amazing and, you know, you just have good vibes, you're going to attract people that have good vibes to your community. And that's literally how it works. Um, so Trump has a person persona and he has millions of fans because he's attracted his tribe of uh, Trump supporters. And, and it's the law of attraction is at work here. Mm -hmm. So if you want to, strategically speaking, just you have to tell me what you want to create, what community you want to create, and I can tell you what persona you have to put, put out there. Right. Do you, so you, can do you try to, to, to get them to access a, a part of and an authentic part of themselves within that persona, which, you know, like, for example, um, you know, let's say I want to, I want to attract, you know, CMOs, successful CMOs of, of tech companies. That's, that's what I would love to attract because I'm offering, you know, pr production services and whatever. And, how, how would you, how would you go about that in the, you know, of, of building that, that type of brand? Would you, you'd think backwards and then you would be like, listen, you got to tap yeah. into this aspect of yourself or, you know, you got to be a great actor. I feel like the acting right. only lasts so long. Right. So my advice is always to stay true to who you are because that is what's the long-term strategy is if you're gonna fake it till you make it, it you're never gonna make it <laughs> social media is a marathon and you're gonna you're gonna need to just be who you are and that's the type of clients you're gonna attract so yes if you want to you know be working with fortune 500 companies like you've got to have the 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 you've got to have the portfolio and you've got to have the connections and you've got to uh, know how to walk the walk and talk the talk. If you're, can you learn that? Yes. All of it is everything. I believe you can learn anything if you really want to. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. That can be learned. Uh, isn't that like what happened in the Wolf of Wall Street or something? He <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I mean, he turned all of his, his dudes into him. <laughs> this like super slick talking salesman, sell me this pen. <laughs> You know, but yeah, I guess, I guess, you know, you know who the wolf of wall street is right now, which I don't think he's as intense. That's Grant Cardone. Mm. Grant Cardone is like the modern, I mean, technically the wolf of wall street would what's it, Jordan Buford, Beaufort, Buford. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, he's, he's been Leonardo out of the slant. <laughs> he's, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We can. Yeah. But the, the, the guy, he actually, if you, if you listen, I don't know if you listen to Jordan ever, because he, he started, once the movie came out, he's like, ah, I can finally make money again, you know? Yeah. He has like these great sales techniques, but, but you're right. I mean, that, I guess that, that's in the world of sales technique, techniques, but there, there is a way to craft an image and a brand um, mm -hmm. that would relate to the audience. At the end of the day, if you want to work with people that you vibe with, you've got to be yourself or else you're going to, even if you are attracting these, you know, high level CMOs, like you guys not, not might not vibe the same. 
Mm-hmm. I, I would much prefer to work with people that I vibe with and understand. We have mutual understanding than like work with people that are outside my league or like we don't fit, we aren't a match. So that's yeah. why it's important to be authentic because the more you are true to yourself, um, the, the more type of clients or people or community will be attracted to you just by you being you. That's the most important thing. Like is to really stay true to yourself. And that's the authenticity piece um, because that's your brand, right? There's nobody else that can be you. And actually what you might think are your weaknesses are actually your strengths in personal branding. So the things that you know people might have made fun of you about, the people, the things that you might feel insecure about um, are actually what sets you apart from your competitors. And that what makes you have a strong personal brand is your uniqueness. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to be as authentic as possible because if you try and be somebody else, like it's not gonna work out because that, that person, it's not you and it's not a strategy, right? The strategy should just, you know, being the best version of you. How about that? <laughs> I like that. Living your best life. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. The the G. What was the G again? Is the backbone of the entire formula and what makes it work, which is all about giving. Giving. It's about giving value and giving before you ever ask. Giving without any intention of receiving. It's just giving all you All right. Can. Let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. I have a big qualm. Can we say qualm on this show? I have a big qualm about this is that you are giving and you want to receive, you want to receive, right? Maybe not this person, maybe not that, but eventually if you're just putting out content and nobody's clicking or nobody's buying, you're not going to be giving forever. So the idea of, of giving uh, without expecting anything return I like, I understand, but maybe, maybe I'm just not getting it correctly, but I feel that at a certain point that giving is going to be like, well, this is pointless to give. Cause if I'm getting nothing in return, you know, it's not, it's not like a, like a child per se, you know, just giving to a child and, and what do you return? I mean, okay. You get a hug, you get a kiss, you, you know, you get to hang out with them, you see them grow. That's great. That's that's a part of of giving without expecting to return. But in a professional career, I mean, you got to make money, you know. So, so like, where where would you where would you put that in, or how could we how could we phrase or couch this giving without expecting, you know, in, in the best light? Maybe I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. That's also true. <laughs> so I think this is um intr- yeah you you bring up a good point because I never mean like you should ever work for free or, you know, do um, things that you should get paid to do for free. I mean, in terms of, you know, sharing, sharing the wealth, sharing the knowledge, share what you can, give what you can um, that can be free, that doesn't cost you anything. But if it's like costing your time and money, like that's a poor investment. But if you do want to invest in creating a personal brand and creating a reputation and creating a community, um, I guess that means that you're going to have to create content. So 
how much free content should you be making? Like, is that what you're asking? Like, I mean, not when necessarily. We, um, not necessarily, because like, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say, um, creating a free. Con I I I had this this big dilemma. Uh, you know, I was I was a, a rabbi in a previous life. And, uh, and I was teaching in, in institutions here and I was like, I felt terrible getting paid to do that job. And I also, I, I, I have a degree, I have a master's in marriage and family therapy. And I felt terrible to take money from people in pain. I have no problem taking money from people who want to make money. If you, you want to pay me to help you make money, let's go. You're, you're going to have to pay me a lot and I'm going to help you a lot and help make you a lot. But when it comes to a person who's in pain or they're disadvantaged, I've always had a difficult time um, doing that. So in that sense, I was yeah. like, I have no problem giving every single tip, strategy, technique, method that I learned that you can utilize to help yourself grow. And I guess maybe in an altruistic way, and I, you know, I'm cut from the Gary Vaynerchuk cloth is that you know, I literally will give you my whole strategy and my whole system, understanding that hopefully it works for you and you can, you can take it and you can run with it and do build your, the greatest brand of all time, greater than I could have ever done. Also understanding that 99% of you are going to see this and be like, that just takes way too much time and way too much money. And I don't even know, I don't even want to think about it. I'm just going to, I'm going to pay you to do it for me because that's what I'm going to do. So like, that's, what I understand from it of like giving without expecting is that, but at the same time, you kind of know that there, I hope people take it and run with it, but there, there will be people who eventually come to me. Is that kind of like the, the thought process behind it? Or is it even more just, no, just clients will come and, you know, they can just take this and, and do whatever they want with it. So, the law of reciprocity states that if you, you know, do kindness onto others, like others will give you kindness, right? And um, that's just how, I don't know why, I just always believed in that. Um, so at any moment, I, the reason why I implemented this, um, this element into the formula, because it was just something that I've always believed in and I practiced in my daily life um, since I was very young. I always, at any moment, if you can be kind to somebody and you can give to them and it doesn't cost you anything, why not? Why do you have to hold back anything? So yes, if you can give someone your strategy at no cost, like give it to them, right? That's what you said you did. And then it earned you the client. So that is definitely one of the um, you know, results, one of the positive uh, outcomes, but it has really, for me, it has led to so many opportunities um, just because I was able to give first and, you know, just trust that my human kindness is, uh, human kindness is something that we should practice more. And it's all about, it's not about like giving so you can receive. It's just about giving. It's just about giving and giving value, right? This is why the formula works because if you're able to always just give, 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 and give, mm -hmm. 
you're you will receive like there's just that's inevitable right so at least it's worked for me right at least it's worked for me and how i've built my career and how i built my network um i i always and even like with my friends and family like if i have you know the capability to give them i'm always giving like if i can pay for the check i'm going to pay for the check and that's just how for me that's just how the world works and well, you know what um, that that's a that's a tr that's an attractive um character trait you know i'm, I'm thinking deeper in, into like why why does giving work is that because we 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 as humans like that and respect that and we we like we like givers naturally we I mean maybe maybe because we would like to be a receiver and if we get close enough you know we'll we'll receive from them but at the same time it just it just stems from a place of of goodness of altruicity of just you know and you're like i want to be this person looks like a good person and i want to surround myself with good people and i want to work with good people so it could be that you know when a person is just giving whatever value that they possibly can. Like the reason that I, I put together this podcast, one hand was like you were saying to just meet awesome people, but then the other one, well, really three, another one is to learn from them. But then the, the biggest is, is that I'm trying to really get practical insights. So I have a way that I can give to my audience uh, things that they can really take and they can run with it. And I don't, I don't expect anybody to, to, to watch, to purchase, to, to whatever. I just, it's kind of like my gift to the universe. I hope mm -hmm. in a way that, that people will really see it and, and they will get something. Yeah. Would it be wonderful if a person sees an episode and they're like, Oh, that's cool. Dove looks like he knows what he's talking about. Like, let's reach out to him. That would be wonderful, you know, but it's not, I'm not banking on it, you know? Yeah. And I think that's probably where it's coming from. Um, okay. I wanted to just, we got, we got three more. So can we blast through the three and then we'll, uh, we'll close up shop. Sure. Yeah. I was just, I was trying to think of something to say after what you said, but it was, I thought you were exactly pulling like a, like a Kanye West. You ever see him? <laughs> you see that clip of him on uh was it Jimmy Kimmel? Jimmy Kimmel asked him, um, I, what do you think, think of Trump and and black people. He's like, mm. do you think do you think Trump uh, likes black people or do you think or what do you think his relationship with black people is? And then and then Kanye was just sitting there, and literally like thirty seconds went by went by and nobody said a thing. They're like, all right, we're gonna go to commercial break, and then afterwards they actually came back and Kanye uh, with all he's actually very smart if you just get rid of all yeah. that. And, you know, intensity around him. Uh, you know, he he said in that in that regard, he's like, yeah, I do think I do think he likes black people, and I think he wants to black people to like him because um, he's so egotistical that he really needs everybody to love him, so he's going to do whatever he can to get them to love him. And I was like, that is that is a a brilliant way of kind of couching things like even true or not or whatever. I was like, that's a, that's a very interesting way of thinking about things, but I was impressed that he, I mean, he's a, he's a billionaire and he's a super, you know, popular guy, but like he was 
perfectly comfortable just sitting in that moment to, to go all the way back around, of, uh, you know, sitting in the, in the discomfort to just sit and be quiet. I wasn't comfortable with that. I wanted, I wanted to, to hear sound on a podcast, but I appreciate, uh, you know, that, that thought that was going into it. Okay. Um, so that you was, Oh, like opinion. Oh, is opinion. And it's for sharing your opinion and stating your beliefs because that is how you're really going to attract your super fans and your gung-ho followers. Because if you just stay vanilla in the middle of the ground, like it's, you're not going to attract, you're not, it's going to be harder for you to attract your real super hardcore fans. Um, and the whole process of sharing your opinion and beliefs is attracting those super fans and repelling the people that don't belong in your community. So, hmm. you know, it's possibly a, attracting and creating haters attracting and creating haters and that's okay because that's how community forms when you have similar opinions and similar mindset right so mm -hmm. it's important to share your beliefs and what you and you know what your what you stand for what your brand stands for if you don't then you know you're not memorable you're you're, you're easily forgettable yeah, I mean, I, I've, I personally battled with that for a, a very long time of like, not wanting to upset anybody. I, I by default, am a, a middle of the road type person. My personality definitely is not. But like, I, I much rather you gotta be not... more authentic, honey, you gotta be more authentic. Well, I've been super authentic lately. I mean, Facebook is now seeing me. But um <laughs> That's for another other thing, but um, like it, it, it is true, and I, I realized that, and I realized you know, and and Trump kind of brought this out, I think, for everybody, which is you have to be so real to yourself, and just don't be afraid of what you feel. Be honest, be open, be vocal. I think that's one of the greatest things that came out of it, and I I hope that the pendulum swings back to the center after all the calamity, you know, dies down. But, but people stay firm in their beliefs and are willing to, to talk about it and be open. Um, and yeah, Russell Brunson was also saying that, is that when you, when you kind of create your persona of who you are, do not be afraid of having people who might not love you. Obviously, don't, don't go as extreme as, as, as a Trump and really hurt people and try to offend them. That is not the way to go. You can still have people on the other side of the, the aisle be like, listen, I disagree with you, but I respect you. I saw, um, uh, you know, Chris Pratt, the actor? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love him. Yeah, yeah. So Chris Pratt is like hardcore religious, hardcore right-wing guy. That's, that's mm -hmm. who he is. And uh, they, had a, they had a big rally for the stars from the, uh, the cast of the Avengers. And he didn't want to go because it was to, to support uh, Biden. And he said, uh, he, he didn't make a whole big public thing, but he just, you know, uh, that's not my thing. And everybody started going crazy at him. And Robert Downey Jr., Jr., who was a hardcore left guy, got up and he said, why is everybody screaming at Chris Pratt? He's a proud religious individual. He supports certain types of policies. Like, respect him. Respect him for believing that. It's okay. He's a wonderful person and it's okay to have differences of opinion. 
So, you know, I feel that a guy like a, a Chris Pratt or a Robert Downey Jr. has done a great job at being perfectly fine with who they are, establishing themselves for who they are. And at the same time, uh, you know, still commanding respect from, from other individuals to, to be like, listen, you know, this is, this is who I am. And please, uh, you know, respect that. And I respect you. And, and when you come, as you're saying, when you come to build a brand, be who you are. If it turns out that that's on one side, which maybe the, the more intense you are on that side, the bigger you're following ultimately could get, uh, cause you're not, you know, standing on that fence. Um, I think that's important. I think everybody needs to hear that as well. They shouldn't be afraid, but be respectful. I agree. And I think the difficulty is that it's very hard to find your voice sometimes. And this is why um, it comes with practice. I, it took me many years to find my voice. I don't even think I you know, have found it completely yet, right? I'm still um, developing a lot of my own opinions and my own beliefs on how I feel about certain things. And, and I mean, it might take you a long time to figure out what your voice is and that's okay. And that's why the more you practice this stuff and the more you, you know, get comfortable being with the uncomfortable, you know, you'll start figuring it out and you have to be strong and state your beliefs and know who you are, because if you don't stand for anything, um, you don't stand for anything. Yeah. 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 That's, that's so profound and so true. Um, and we see even that, like a lot of, um, a lot of things in business apply in life in general, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of like just, uh, bringing the, most people think that the business is kind of like one world. It's like, I have my business world. I go home, I, you know, go to work, blah, and I come home. But oftentimes it's kind of like there's there's a blur. Maybe you don't have to think about your your job when you get home for certain people, but um, but I think the the lessons that apply to life um, and and business can kind of go hand in hand. You know, there's a lot of these books that are like Sun Tzu, the Art of War, but it's like applied to business. <laughs> you know, it's like or Sun Tzu, the you know the Art of Relationships. Like, how do you take these these war analogies and apply it to different you know areas of your life? I think that uh, that happens a lot with uh, with the professional world and here, you know, in the world of personal branding, which is the ultimate combination between the, the two. It's the intersection between professional and uh, and, and personal, which I think okay. is people are most afraid of. They're most afraid of that that place because so if, they, if they come yeah. out, you know, what are what are maybe they don't want to take a side because what, what's my mom going to think about me? What's my friends going to think about me if I come out? I'm sure you've seen this. You probably have experienced people. I know I have who, as soon as you turn into or start turning into like a little bit of a personality online, all of a sudden your friends are like, who do you, who do you think you are? Oh, you're, you're such a know-it-all. You know this now. Oh, you're so, it's like, come on. I know who you are. And you start developing like those haters. So, you know, even people that like you were friends with, you're like, what happened? I don't get it. I thought we were cool. And now all of a sudden I'm, I'm trying to build my build, build my brand, build my business. And now like, you're all like up in my grill, what's going on here. But as you're saying, it's like, you, you need to pick a side and, and let it ride. You know what my friend uh, Mario Castasa did when he started his Instagram account, he removed all of his friends and family. 
they were following him and he just took them off because they're not going to be interested in his business content. He's like a personal coach. So that helped his algorithm. And and now he's at 30,000 followers and he had to, you know, there's no point in having people follow you if they don't engage or are are not interested. They're dormant ghost followers. So Mm -hmm. your friends and family aren't going to be freaking supporting you. Get the hell out of there. (laughs) Wow. You know, would you say I, to I want, create like another profile for like personal, um, like, like yeah, personal, you'd have like a professional page and, a, and then a personal page. I don't, but you can, that's definitely a solution for people that don't want to, uh, you know, cross pollen. Yeah. Okay. Um, niche, niche. That's, that is hard because when most of the time when you ask somebody, um, you know, who's your audience? Who do you want to sell this to? I got this mug, you know, it's like everybody, I want everybody to buy it. <laughs> you know, it's like everybody means nobody. Everybody means nobody, especially when you're looking to do Facebook ads. <laughs> you can't, you don't have a billion dollars, $3 billion to target everyone, honey. No, mm-hmm. you don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you better know exactly who you're trying to serve. And it's about serving, not selling, right? You're, you need to know who, what is the community you want to serve and you have to know exactly who they are, where they live, what clothes they wear, what brands they like, what music they listen to, know every detail about them. Mm-hmm. Um, because this is how you're gonna create amazing content and content that, that actually resonates with them. How does one so, go about picking their niche? Let's say somebody who's they're just starting their business or they've been in business for you know a while and they, they have certain customers and certain similarities, but maybe that's not necessarily where they, they want to be. You know, maybe they've been working at, and that often happens when a person just starts their business because you know their rates are lower and they're they're and they'll take whatever they can. You know, it kind of falls to the lowest common denominator. Whereas they're like, but yeah, I, I want to service clients that are willing to pay more and they're higher level clients and they're less needy and you know, whatever it is. So um, how does a person kind of establish that niche? Honestly, I don't think it's about high or low. I think it's about your purpose and, and why you want to serve certain clients and, and do the work that you do, right? At least that's how, at least that, that's what made it really easy for me to know exactly who, who I'm serving, which are creative artists, designers, illustrators, video makers, content creators. I, those are the people that I want to empower and serve and dedicate my life to because I, um, you know, I was afraid to be creative and I don't want any other creative ever to be afraid of being creative. And so even the clients that I work with, they are supporting these people. Like the clients that I choose to work with, they are, they're supporting web designers, artists, um, illustrators, because I'm very clear that my mission, I know my mission, right? And, and who I'm serving. So that makes it so much easier to choose which clients I'm gonna take on or not. Because if the client, even if they're gonna pay me a million dollars and they don't serve my purpose, like I'd rather not work on it because I'm not gonna be passionate about it. And so this is how you find your niche in my, in my opinion, uh, you can use the what the Japanese called ikigai. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's um, all over the internet. 
It's basically a Japanese word for life's purpose. And it combines four elements on how you can find your ikigai. And the first one is knowing exactly what you love to do. This is the most important is like, what are you passionate about and what can you do even if you weren't getting paid to do? Make a list of what that is. The second is to know what you're actually good at doing. Like what are things that you're good at that you know, maybe your friends and your family always ask you for advice on what are things that you're good at. The third thing is what you can actually get paid to do. All the things that you can actually create a profession or career out of, make a list of that. And then the last element is what problems do the world, does the world need solved? Okay, so you make a list of all of these four different categories and somewhere in the middle, that's your ikigai. That's what you should be doing with purpose, with passion, uh, you know, with getting paid to do what you love. That's how you, that's how you figure that out. And that's how you figure out your niche and who you should be working with and who you shouldn't be working with. But you, you said something that, that I've never heard anybody say. And what you did was you, you have your mission, your purpose, your audience that you want to serve, that is not necessarily the place of income. Meaning you have your clients that pay you and you take certain clients who you know that their mission and what they're trying to do basically kind of lines up with yours and can filter down into what your uh, audience or what your mission is. And that's very interesting because what I have been hearing for forever is that you want to create a personality, a brand, whatever that attracts your target, your target audience and your, which is ultimately you think the people that want to pay you, but it, but in a, in a place of mission and service, um, getting paid once again we kind of talked about it earlier getting paid seems counterintuitive because you're like i want to help you i don't want to i don't want to make money from you because if i if i make money from you and that all of a sudden it's like it feels like it's just another transaction whereas when i'm helping you achieve whatever you know we're trying to achieve together like i i just want i just want the success of that achievement to stand on its own without being tainted by, by anything else, especially a currency. And I think that's amazing that you have found this way to kind of like judo, you know, I, I used to do um, karate from, from seven years old to speaking of these Japanese, this is Okinawan actually, uh, from seven to 14 and it was called Koei Kan. Um, and they, they said it was all about the dough, the way, give the way. You, the, our whole thing was about taking a person's uh, energy momentum and, and you not going force, you're not going force. If they're coming at you, you move out of the way and you, you, you let their force go with them. So it's like, kind of like you're taking this company that you're working with and you're like, oh, you're paying me. Okay, great. But we're going to give this value back down to my audience and that you're giving even more to them. I would love to to kind of know, like, is is that an accurate understanding of of what you're you're? Yeah. Doing? So how how I figured this out, and and yes, I did do every do, I 
I did it backwards, right? I didn't ever think of, oh, the companies were like, yes, that's right now, that's who my clients are. But my vision was, you know, that we would live in a collaborative future where creatives and, you know, businesses can all work together and remotely and um, we can all be in location independent entrepreneurs. That was like the vision that I had. And I knew that I had to figure out how to do it for myself and then connect with businesses that enable um, other creatives to do that as well. Uh, but to be honest with you, I how I was able to work it out backwards was because I just literally knew that if it felt like too good to be true, like, oh, I'm going to get paid to do this. Like I was on the right track and I was, it was a feel good. It felt amazing because I was passionate. I have the best clients and the best work I could ever dream of because I literally, it's every day I'm helping these companies work towards our same vision. We both have that vision. Right. And so it feels like my work every day, it's important because I need to, um, you know, get visibility for these artists. I need to um, empower creatives and all the clients that, you know, I take on um, are for somehow they're benefiting um, the world or creative somehow, or I am trying to incorporate this into the work that I do. Um, yeah. And so it's never like during this journey, this didn't ha come happen overnight, right? It took like a while to figure it out. But now I, looking backwards, I have clarity on how it happened. Um, and, and it happens by, happened by really saying no to a lot of other opportunities hmm. um, that might have, you know, been paying just as well. But saying yes to what you're truly passionate about and what you truly love and what, you know, you're actually good at like not taking on things that you're not good at and like pretending you are. You can build um, websites, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I can do exactly. that. Exactly. Like, I'm not, yeah. I'll figure it out. Yeah, of course. So, I don't know. I just, it just kind of worked out. And then, like, last couple of years ago, I found out about this Ikigai formula. And I was like, holy shit, that's like what I did, um, except I didn't know about this formula. And now I teach um, all of my students and my undergrads, like, this is really important. Like, this is the first thing that we learn in my course is like freaking figure out, you know, your Ikigai if you can. It's not, it doesn't happen mm -hmm. overnight, but it's uh, the earlier you get started thinking about it, the faster you can achieve, you know, this balance of work life and happiness and passion and love. And, and that's just like the sweet spot. That's amazing. All right, let's, let's, let's end with this which is the most important part, scaling to sales, right? Yeah, it's, baby. It's nice. It's nice that we're building personal brands and we're, we're doing great and we know who we're servicing and all that wonderful stuff. But once again, you know, money is the, is the lifeblood of the world, unfortunately, at least how it is in this current iteration. So how do, how do we go about that? How do we, how do we start scaling the sales? Well, all, dragons, all, all dragons have scales, right? Oh. All right. Uh -huh. So why just have, you know, sales 
you know, one-on-one clients, you know, high ticket offers, amazing, like do that. But also if you have your vision and your purpose and, uh, you know, your opinions, you're sharing your beliefs, you can scale your offers. You can scale your products to however many Facebook users there are, 3 billion, right? You can, you can actually like, you can actually reach and and scale up to 3 billion people if you uh, had this, the advertising budget. Um, that's how so business works. That applies to everybody. <laughs> Would you like to buy oxygen? So yeah, like the the reason why, why I've been successful at building brands and, you know, creating engaging content and, and what I do, you know, social media, what I do for a living is because at the end of the day, it really generates business results. It generates sales. It generates relationship. It creates community. It creates um, value, brand value um, that wouldn't be there. Otherwise, if there was no active social media community, there was no audience to retarget, right? Retarget and sell to. And it's, honestly so incredibly amazing how powerful the dragon's formula is because I at the onset of corona on March 11th I'll never forget this day because everyone in Israel had to go into quarantine I was like oh my god shit it was the day that I was launching my first course I've never done a course before and it was like launching on the day that we're all going to quarantine. I'm like, well, this is either going to be good or bad. And you know what? It like, we just killed it. We're like, we sold uh, nearly 50,000 courses now in less than, in less than seven months. And wow. it, yeah, That's we're doing incredible. like five courses every month. And this is how you scale your message and you scale uh, what your mission is. And that's, I just, I just had one simple thing that I want to do, which is to empower creative people to take over the world. And, and this message is, has traveled, um, you know, to a million people like worldwide. So the way that you, that you created a, a scaling mechanism is, is that you took this formula and you created a, an educational piece of content um, or a bunch of pieces of content, whatever this course. And then you, you used, you know, various ads to, to target the audience that you built. And I guess beyond that, and you're like, here, here's significantly more value packed into one, uh, nugget that you can get for an affordable price. And you'll be able to, you know, scale yourself and then you can take what I used and, and, and grow from that. So that's, that's amazing. What, what made you, what made you choose a, a course as opposed to like a physical product or I don't know, making money through, uh, through advertisements yourself or sponsorships or, or all the That's above. A good I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I've just been teaching for, you know, the, you know, five, five to seven years now. So I never knew that I was going to be a teacher. Um, you know, I teach at like various universities all around Europe and it started totally by accident. And so I knew that's what my, what my audience wanted from me is that they wanted 
courses. Actually, I'm creating two more courses because they want more. Um, you know, it's hard to teach everything you've been doing in your whole life for eight years and and two hour course, right? Mm -hmm. So, so the the course is like an entry level ticket product that will you know get them a taste of the dragon. <laughs> It'll get them a taste of what I actually do. One of the for... one of the Bruce Lee movies, a taste of the dragon. <laughs> Part four. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds good. No, they have, like they have, he has the, no, like the kiss of the dragon for Ent sure. Enter the <laughs> enter the dragon. <laughs> what is it? The the dragon <gasps> Yeah. Taste of the dragon. So, that's that's the reboot. I like it. So it it gets them into you know learning my methodology and I'm planning on you know training other freelance social media managers how to do what I do and this is like really intensive it's not something that you can just learn you know through a few videos mm -hmm. um it's a mentorship program and you know that would be like my middle tier product and then you know i've already been working one-on-one -on -one with corporate clients and one-on-one -on -one, -on -one, um, personalities for for the last eight years and that has been my bread and butter but until i literally was able to scale what I do um, into an educational, uh, into an online course, a digital course, which I, you know, chose the right partners. First of all, I didn't do this on my own. I chose the right partners that helped me scale up, that helped me produce the course at the quality that I wanted. And I'm glad that um, I didn't do it on my own because my brand is very high quality and I wanted my course to reflect that and my ads to reflect that. So you are probably getting, you know, the most high quality produced, you know, they filmed it at AK um, to, um, or the what a waste production of, quality. What a waste of uh, hard drive space. <laughs> most monitors can't even handle and, that, but that's amazing. So, you know what, that's, that's, that's how we roll. And you're like, most monitors can't handle me either. Social can't handle <laughs> I, I am I am blasting social in 8K right now. <laughs> exactly. That's like my, that, that's great. I love that. That should yeah. be like my. Next. That's your tag. That's your tag. <laughs> social, social in 47K. We are just bl blasting way beyond. 360, baby. 360. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. I just, I just want to make the, I, I'm all about quality and creating high quality design, high quality visual um, branding. It's very important to me. So especially the people that, you, you know, that I serve, they value that as well. And so it's really important for me to set a benchmark for what's possible and what the standard should be. And I'm always trying to make sure my work and how I serve my clients. There's no other social media manager that um, is able to develop the entire strategy and operation on notion right now like i don't know anyone else that's doing that that has all the templates and everything um on these new new tools and i'm so excited to be building them and i'm actually going to be um you know selling these templates as part of the accompaniment with the course and how you can manage your entire social media business just through notion and it's freaking amazing like i'm really excited about this that's awesome so, yeah and and i just love i love to teach and a way for me to teach as many people as possible is to scale the dragon so 
That's uh, that's the fifth that's movie. Basically... We have Taste the Dragon is the fourth, and then Scale the Dragon is the fifth. I'm all about that. I'm all about that life. All right, Dot, thank you so much. This is such a pleasure. I learned so much uh, from you, and um, I really, really appreciate your time. Uh, how can people uh, you know, get in touch with you? How can they follow you? What's the best way? Yeah, you can always find me on Instagram. I'm at Dot Lung, D-O-T-L-U-N-G, or you can find me on my website, DotLung.com. And Lung in Mandarin means dragon, so you won't forget. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Dot, thank you so much. You're the best. Thank you so much. I had such a great time getting to know you and let me know when it's up and I will share away, honey. You got thank it. You, you so got much. it. Awesome. Thanks. Peace. Good night. Bye-bye.